Thank you for tuning in to Cop with Comic. I'm Brian Cop, and we're here with Comic Jamie Benson. Jamie Benson, how the hell are you? I'm really just getting through the day over here. <laughs> I thought that was going to go a different way. I thought you were going to be like, I am great. I am toxic positivity, as one of your topics is. That is, I, it's something I've been uh, positively obsessed with recently, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw that on your topics. I was like, we have to talk about that a little bit. But yeah. one thing I like is, you know, you're Jamie Benson on Twitter. You're Jamie J. Benson on Instagram. But on jamiebenson.com, I see... The first thing you see at the very near the top, it says choreographer turned comedian. Yes, that is my storyline. Yeah, my narrative. Yeah, so how did, yeah, tell me your origin story. How the fuck did that happen? Yeah, so when you naturally dance well, you are just, you're cursed. You're cursed for your whole life. Uh, (laughs) This idea of like once a dancer, always a dancer. And it it messes you up because... (laughs) Uh, just to have a, because I don't have therapy um, currently, a therapist, so I'm just going to walk you through this. Uh, so basically, then for the rest of your life, you are identified as a dancer. It's part of your developmental, like pr- like how you understand yourself. And then I think what I do, and the reason why it's hard to pin me down, does he do stand-up? Does he do sketch? Wait, he dances. He does all of it. Um, it's because I think I just keep trying to do other things and be instantly good at them. And I think... That's what happens when you dance well, just naturally. Like, I was an awkward kid with his pants pulled up to his armpits, like, you know, like, went to his first school dance in middle school, and, like, the floor opened up, the seas parted, and I was (laughs) second coming. And I didn't know, you know, I didn't understand it. And so then it led into me taking dance seriously in high school. And then I had a whole fame, like, very pseudo uh, celebrity experience, because I was on this really, this okay, cheesy dance team, but the least cheesy dance team in, like, my general tri-state area. And all these girls, they it was like I was the poor man's Justin Timberlake or something. <laughs> and and then I went to all these schools, and I toured to perform. Yes. And I I would sign autographs. I would get enough <laughs> gifts. Girls all over, like, this is the whole Northwest. So I was just killing it for, like, a few years. It's actually the same experience as being like an incredible football player, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. At age 16, girls are throwing their panties at me and I'm going, what is this? And then you just adapt. You just think it's... And then you go out into the real world and you... I went to college for dance, which was like kind of a mistake. Um, <laughs> anyway, so... It but just... also, I mean, as far as the girl panty thing, on your website here, it says gay comedian. Right. So, so the girl panty thing could have, uh, it's like, send me, you know, throw me some boxer briefs, gentlemen, not the, listen, the girl's panty. And now I will admit, I have a marketing background for various reasons. And part of that's just uh, the Google wars we're having to like, it's a lot, it's a lot easier to say you're a gay comedian. But if we really are talking about sexuality, I, I don't know if you've done the Kinsey scale, like testing. No, it's too difficult, man. It's pretty elaborate, right? It took, took, takes hours to do or how oh, long does it no, take? Oh, no, no. You, you could find out within 20 minutes, probably. Um, yeah, people are listing that out now on their dating site. They're like, I am this uh, type of kink. I love that. Because yeah. it's like a one through six trajectory where like six, you're like uber gay. Um, you know, like Mike Pence, like, I don't know, like just very gay. And then, you know, the other side is like one is like Bruce Willisy, I guess, vibe. And uh, I tend to be about a four. So, okay. and I, I understand. And I had girlfriends and I get it. It's just I have a very clear leaning, just naturally. Including. Less less gay than Mike Pence, though. That's funny. 
A little less, yeah. Um, but generally speaking, I am pretty gay. Um, and my experience is gay. How people respond to me is very gay. I have a husband. I'm pretty gay. Um, yeah, so, I love the reaction. You're like, oh, I'm a straight person, but the reaction to me is pretty fucking gay. Oh, <laughs> it's so weird. And I, I, everything that I write is based on real life, whether this is like making dance sketches or writing um, actual TV scripts. Like, and I'm doing all that shit right now. But um, uh, I find that I, I'm only interested in really uh, dramatizing things that are based on real life. And the way you're responded to when you're a little swishy, like moi, <laughs> is you walk down the street and like someone in church clothes will point at you aggressively and yell, Jesus loves you. Like, as if they're, they're angry though. Do you know what I mean, Brian? Like, they're angry about it. Based and on you walking swishy, they, they conclude number one, that you're gay. And number two, that on behalf of the Lord, they can judge everyone. Right, and like, Shakira nails it. Like, these hips don't lie. Like, you see me walking down the street and like, I have a dance background. I, it's <laughs> My hips are loose by design. That's a good thing in dancing. I guess, but it reads as just like power bottom. I don't know. Um, <laughs> and, and does that does that align with your Kinsey scale? Does power bottom actually align? Well, I mean, I, I don't want to get too. I you don't want to. Yeah, well, no. I, I think that'd people, be weird though if if like you came off as power bottom and you were actually not. Yeah, I think the dance thing really confuses people in a lot of ways, Brian. Uh, especially like in the dance scene, I'm like a comedy forward person, so like I make no sense. I'm doing like. Um, <laughs> you know, interpretive dances to orgasm noises and people yeah. are laughing. Like it's not, right. it doesn't fit there. But then you take me to like any of the sort of New York basic scene, which I've been circling. I'm a bit of a tourist, I guess. Um, and they're like, who is this guy? Because I'm talking about, I'm making jokes about going to school for dance. It's all confusing. I would say, I, without getting too much into it, um, well, I mean, we can. There's probably too much mystery around this idea of like, and this, again, it's labels, right? Like I'm a top, I'm a bottom. Yeah. I, I definitely have a strong uh, leaning in that category. The problem is I have a husband. So like if I tell you exactly what, I have a very strong preference. Not preference, we've learned preference is bad from the Amy Cohn, uh, Coney Barrett uh, thing. But, uh, <laughs> but you're learning something about your husband. By you revealing what you are, does it reveal something about your husband? Yeah, and I don't, we haven't really talked about how cool he is. I would say... <laughs> How cool is he will be dependent on how, how free I can discuss his sexual nature on a podcast? <laughs> yeah, I have a specific side that I tend to fall on. But I will tell you, and this is true for anyone in a relationship, Brian, I hope you adhere to this in your own life, whether whoever you're with. Um, generally speaking, you do need to check in with each other. It's not like a, it's only this, it can only be this. I've been um, with him for 16 years. So like, clearly we're mixing it up on occasion. So even if I... <laughs> think that I'm a certain way it's you know so and, and it can't evolve over time so meaning even if you're into one thing it's like you have to check in occasionally to make sure he's still into that thing yeah totally so <laughs> and it's a mood based you know you get it I'm sure but, uh, I mean, yeah but, I mean so you're going around the chicks are tossing their panties at you you were a yep. big deal and I, I I myself peaked when I was 12 and 18 respectively or 12 16 18 yeah. like I, I peaked you know, probably freshman year of high school, if not freshman year of college. And it was all downhill from there. Sure. And it's like being a child star without actually being a child star. You're like, you kind of miss the sh cool shit you had. <laughs> you get none of the real benefits of being an actual <laughs> child star. Like, we don't have residuals from, you know, name a show with a young child, apparently. Like, we're not Urkel. Do you know what yeah, I mean? You can't um, go into Big Brother and make some money, you know? No, you can't, you can't do Dancing fees. with the Stars. You can't do that. <laughs> You're like, so upset by that. You're like, I would have been amazing on that. 
Oh, I would have nailed it, of course. But um, yeah, so you don't have any of the real benefits, but you have all the psychological damage. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah, you're uh, like, how, yeah, how can I bring it back to the day when the world revolved around me, even though that world was small? Yeah, and I, I really pat myself on the back. I feel like I was actually a really humble, like I didn't really buy all the hype, but like- Oh yeah, that was a benevolent <laughs> dictator too, right? Yeah, I'm a great, like- <laughs> I'm a great king, you know. Yeah, oh, people yeah, are gonna great. people are gonna be so grossed out by that, but I I truly feel it. But yeah, um, like my subjects love me. I, I wasn't using my fame for ill. No, not at all. I wasn't taking advantage of people. I was genuinely grateful, like and couldn't believe my luck. And <sighs> and then you like go into the real world. Um, and no he, one gives a shit. No one knows who Jamie Benson is until he performs. Nobody, and it just doesn't have the same quite the same effect. Um, yeah. I actually so, go down the street still because I'm so big on myself back in the day. Yeah. I mean, when confidence is formed, I was so huge that I still walk down the street and to myself, I say my name. I'm like, Brian Coppin. Brian Ooh. Coppin, that means something. And it's bad. I mean, you're like, why the fuck am I saying this? My name means nothing. It probably will never mean anything because I'm pretty old. I'm 42. But like, do, do, you know, is your ego such that you're still kind of like, my name's going to mean something again, damn it. No, although I, I'm kind of I'm kind of like to unpack what you said a little oh, bit. Yeah. The saying your name, what is the motivation to say it and what does it evoke when you say it for yourself? It's just it's almost like back in the day you used to do interviews with nobody. You know, you used to kinda of like, you know, it well well Brian Coppin, you know, how he got into comedy was this or how he got into poetry was this and you're you're doing an interview with nobody who's there and it might not be out loud, it might be in your head. And it's yeah. still kind it's still kinda of something like that where you're you're almost narrating your own story. Okay, Brian Coppin did this and then he did this and it's almost like planning out your future in these series of micro decisions that nobody will ever ask me these questions. Nobody will ever care who Brian Coppin is. But you're preparing for it anyway, is that? Yeah, the it's just like I'm just yeah. so fucking you know, floating on my own melted cheese sandwich, as Ethan Hawke said in Reality Bites or whatever. Oh, and, uh, or, we all know, the same generation. <laughs> uh, all hail Gen X. Um, and I think it was actually Ben. Who, who's the guy who's the famous dude of Ben? Oh, my God. Stiller. Stiller. Stiller, yeah. Stiller is it was, it was coming out of his mouth, I think, and he wrote the thing anyway. But yeah, I was, I was floating on my melted cheese sandwich, and I'm still so delusional that like I'm still thinking that the name Brian Cop is going to mean something someday. Oh, I know. And I think we're all sold that idea. I mean, you know, half of reality television was founded on on that whole thing um, of where we think we just need to get in front of the right person. And it's just gonna, <laughs> it's just gonna take off. You know what I to answer your question, I think what happened was I had such a hard fall from grace um, that I, I feel like everything I do is just I don't do is do you I, I don't know if I heard if you're a clean comic or I don't know if it's okay to curse or like what. Oh, you're... yeah, dude, please please feel free to swear away. Be as okay. ex explicit as you want. We'll label the episode accordingly. Okay. Um, not that I need to get out of hand. I'm just my natural impulse. Um, no, I think I felt so hard that I think everything I do is shit. And no matter no matter how many people tell me now the way maybe they used to, like it's really special what you do. You have such a unique point of view. You're such a great writer, whatever they try to tell me. I don't buy one cent. Like, I don't, I don't, none of it. I, like, and I, so, am, I am dog shit. What was the fall from grace? Did you get injured such that you couldn't dance? Uh, well, actually, yes. But yeah. um, I also grew out of it because uh -huh. it's such a funny joke. Like, the, the dance schools don't tell you that your, you know, quote unquote career will be shorter than your loan repayment plan, <laughs> you know. Or that like night stripping will be your day job. Like they don't, they don't do that. And, and you don't know your, all I knew how to do was dance when I left high school. I mean, 
I was a good student and everything, but it wasn't what I was known for. Do you know what I mean? Um, And so you just don't know any better. And so you just, I think what it was is that you get really picked. It's funny because I went to like a modern dance school, which is like the easiest and most expensive joke I've ever, (laughs) like, it made no sense because I was like a a sort of commercial jazzy baby. Like, um, uh, I did a lot of music video style dancing when I was in high school. Um, That's awesome. But I didn't know what school to go to. I come from an uneducated like family. I mean, they're wonderful, but they, you know what I mean? Like there was no one to go, oh, we need to set him up right. Yes, um, make the right decisions, to, yeah. Yeah, and they wanted to support me, right? Like, because their parents maybe didn't support them or didn't even have enough money to consider taking a loan and going to college and whatever. So yeah. they were being really great. Um, but I went to this, the closest school that was near me to my pissant town in Oregon, and I just, What's so funny about fine art, it's, it's seen as this sort of noble thing, like, like fine art forms of dance or other fine art forms. Um, it's seen as like a really noble thing, but actually they pick you apart just as much as, say, if you were auditioning for a commercial. Like, I was red to filth from top to bottom. Um, like, I was too skinny. They thought I, like, I remember my, the end of my first year, um, they sat me down and said, Jamie, you're, you're really too skinny to be a dancer. It looks strange when you dance. Like, that was... <laughs> That was like, thanks for that. You just fucking, you know, after you had my tuition dollars, right? Well, and I, 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 it's so funny. I, I, I do have a joke. I have jokes about these things, but I haven't said a joke out loud in like months. But, um, uh, you know, I had jokes about how like it gave me poise, dance gave me confidence, it also gave me like body dysmorphia. Cause like, <laughs> and women have it a lot worse. Although, what I think people don't understand is there is a flip side to this sort of gender ideas that we go into society with um this is certainly like you know 15 20 years ago also where it was even worse where the men in dance even though they're all you know as homosexual as can be like if you look at the the stats right um they needed to look the silhouette needed to be strong and considered masculine and most of the time the men were there to prop up to flip the women to um, and so even though I was a really great dancer, like, cause I remember them telling me your capacity is their academic <laughs> was is so incredible. Like yeah. you're really flexible. You really have a, this rhythmic sense. Like I have rhythm for days. Like I still shock people as a 40 year old going to any dance floor. They're like, Whoa, look at those hips. <laughs> Again, those hips don't lie. Uh, and like funky as you can imagine. Um, uh, but like they just, they thought I was strange looking. Like that was sort of the takeaway of my first year because I didn't fit this sort of model. And so why did uh, they accept you in the first place? To get your money? Yeah, to get my money um, oh, because no. I was a great dancer. So, yeah. um, and the boys were really scarce. Um, and that's part of the reason I had the weird uh, fame experience I even had. Cause we're touring, we're touring like I would say three states like Washington, Idaho, even four, California, like Oregon. We're like touring. And so like I'm, one of three boys on a dance team of 50 girls and um you know out of the whole competition there might have been thousands of girls there and maybe a handful of guys and so wow. i clearly stood out you know yeah it's a hard i mean so because of the experience in college you you kind of fell from grace and you you, you know at what point were you like well I'm, I'm making people laugh their ass off not because i'm a you know thin dancer but because i'm fucking hilarious like yeah how did that translate into comedy so I got sick to death with like, I actually dropped out of school. I, I, and this happens for a lot of dancers. They just, uh, they, they meander for like their best dancing years. Cause they're like, 
I don't have the money. It costs a, bun a bunch of money. You don't make money even for professional jobs. Like what you make is laughable. Yeah. And I got tired of, and then you would go to these cattle call auditions. I moved to LA. It's like a whole long story. Um, and you would go to like a, an audition of a hundred guys and they would cast two people. And those are the two people that were paying to go to the choreographer's class every day. Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> it was like, and I would make cuts because I was a good dancer, even though I was weird looking like skinny. Like I would make cuts cause like, oh, he can do everything. So I, and it would just was so nauseating uh, that I finally stopped auditioning period. Um, and then I started making my own work. So that's where we got to this. And I, I, I always, my impulse was always comedy. Uh, and so my first dance was called Bathroom Follies where it was like, I took all the most elitist forms of dance like modern ballet and like I, I had made all these little vignettes uh, in the public restroom. So like they were based on real stories. Um, even if it was conceptual, like nightmarish, like one of my most popular first pieces was like a pas de deux, which is a ballet partner dance okay. um, between a ballerina and me dressed as a huge piece of shit. And she, she opens the scene like shitting. I come out of the toilet and she battles me. We have a dance battle where she's yes. beating me to death with a plunger. Okay. Like, so like my work was wild and I was just like, feeling really rebellious i was like i hate dance this is so yeah. stupid i'm gonna make my own thing and make fun all, of it almost and that's all i did i made fun of it that's like when i said i i did an interpretive dance comedically to like orgasm noises like because the pretense is so thick uh, in 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 fine art and in commercial dance though like yeah. even when i would audition for commercial dance like this is stupid it's like it was like a battle to see who is the coolest you know what i mean like yeah. part of the reason of even doing a work about shit is like yeah, an hour before they were the hottest person in this music video, they were shitting their guts. Like, you know, like, <laughs> part of me's like, oh, I just want to rip it all down. So you're, and, you were mocking at self-seriousness, and it did get a response. Oh, my God. It was, it was night and day. So what happened was I started producing my own work, all of these shows, very similar, where I would take real-life themes like um, poverty on the L.A. metro, like the public transit, and I would just take all the real-life stories, and I, I would make dances out of them so it was like bastardized i would i can't pick a, anything like a genre so even in dance i would do like a postmodern dances i would do bastardized broadway musical kind of numbers i would do everything i mean so people had a hard time placing me but that also made me stand out and then i got really good at promoting my own work and so now i make money and a living off promoting other arts organizations so um, how, yeah so how did you creatively promote your comedy dance videos Oh, I have so many. <laughs> that's a long conversation. Short version, I guess. Yeah, that's a they, seminar that you should. I should pay a thousand bucks for. Well, that they they do. Like, yeah. I make, wow. it's hilarious. I make a living uh, do, working remotely, freelance, um, uh, doing public speaking engagements, trainings, workshops, all that kind of stuff. And I wow. I don't even reach out now. People just know because I made <laughs> such a splash doing my weird shit, literally and figuratively. Um, I learned how to promote. Um, the unique proposition of my work. And I, I learned very early on, and this is a long nerdy conversation because I studied um, self-study, like all these major players in like digital marketing. Um, and there's lots of things you can do, but mostly it's about a unique point of view and like telling people what they're gonna get out of the thing. Most people, when they promote a show, they're like, come to this show, know why. They're like, oh, it'll be fun. Why is it going to be fun? I, I don't know. Um, why is it going to be different than maybe another show you might see? And some of the problems people face, even when they try to do that, is that a lot of us are producing almost the exact same show, uh. you know, 
So sometimes it's about like finding a new method to present something. Um, sometimes it's about like what someone gonna get, even if it's catharsis, even like if you tell you're gonna, I'm depicting a dance about, even if it's serious, like abuse, you know, people that have experienced abuse are gonna be innately interested in going to that thing. Whether it's like, did I just need to laugh at, like even dancers need to laugh at dance. So like some of that worked, you know, where yeah. I was like, can we just make fun of this really stupid non-profession we're all trying to excel in? You know. <laughs> so, like, if I were just like a deadpan comedian with one-liners, like I'm Stephen Wright before Stephen Wright was a thing. Yeah. You know, to get people interested, I shouldn't just be like, "I oh, come see my comedy show." Yeah. I yeah. should actually, in the the promotional, you know, segment, you know, like I, I, sh I film a short video and I'm doing one-liners that are based on what kind of show they can expect, and then in doing so, not only am I communicating information, but I'm also, oh, this guy, he, he is a one-liner I love his one-liners they're funny and they're making me want to go to the show like yeah. I mean yeah what, what would it just kind of a normal comedian do you would want to be specific like a lot of people like for like hashtags there might be a way to talk about this like you wouldn't really just hashtag comedy on that video right, right. like you would because it's about specificity because think about comedy think of how expansive you know, you've interviewed what over 150 people or like yeah a couple hundred absolutely yeah so imagine like there's dry comedy, like, and maybe even dry one-liners might be a popular hashtag, like, or whatever. You yeah. want to be specific um, about what the background that person brings into it, their unique point of view. Like, even me as a comedian, if you know I have a dance background and somehow I bring, like, physicality, you know, to my comedy, that that's a whole other subset of comedy, the, like, people that are interested in maybe physical comedy um, or whatever. Like, so specificity is helpful in that kind of thing. But would you... Um, would you actually like create a like create a short video like if you're promoting your physicality, which I can see because you have rhythm for days, yeah. like you know if you're promoting a particular show, come come to this rooftop show, and then I'm gonna be crazy physical. Would you like you know just be super physical in announcing all these things so they're like this guy is so just watching this guy be physical is hilarious. Let me go see him on the rooftop. Yeah, you always want to show the receipts. Um, you okay. always want to, and, and video is by far much stronger. How many, you know this, how many pictures of people holding a microphone have you seen on Instagram? Oh, yeah, tons, like, yeah. What are they talking about? You know Who what knows? I mean? Like, yeah, why, that's a good why, point, right? Why would I care? And, and so they, they, but so like they have to reveal it without burning their material, which I think their fear is. Yeah, but the thing is, um, there is such a way to do that where you can tease, like, if, if I don't know how many jokes people have in a set, everyone's different, right? But like, say I'm more or less nailing, I don't know, four proven jokes a minute. Say yeah. that I'm one of those more rapid fire, you know, uh, and I'm doing, um, I don't know, a 20 minute set. There's like so many jokes in there. I would actually share some of your like mid to upper tier, like a couple of your best jokes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and in fact, people will, it's so weird. What I'm obsessed with psychology and part of this marketing thing is like strictly psychologically based. Um, yeah. And so what if you, if you share too much, that's a bad thing, right? Because Say you're sharing some of your less impactful jokes. If you share one really strong joke and three, three like okay jokes in an Instagram post, and people psychologically studies prove this, they're going to median average out what their experience was. Uh -huh. So if you had those three less than powerful jokes, but good solid jokes that people enjoy, um, it's actually gonna bring down the average of that one more powerful joke. Uh -huh. And if all you wanna do is just share one really strong, like say if you're, and I rank things when I put sets together, you know, like 
I start with like a nine and then I go down to one and then work up slowly. And then my 10 is the, the closer, right? Just like the gay scale. It's yeah. very similar. <laughs> yeah. Six, super gay, kind of funny on the scale. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> then share one of your seven or eights as a teaser. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And could you uh, even do it where you like, you could, you could almost say the setup skip the punch and then also record the laughter so you're like see the punch tonight at this show yeah totally sometimes what we'll even do is there are so many ways to access your psychology meaning like uh there's a show that i help produce called the straight man which is at the people's improv theater although we've been high on hiatus for a long time um i just don't want to do man i don't want to produce i don't want to add to the static of all these online shows i don't even want to watch any more online shows i don't know if you want to talk i don't know um, but I can tell you, for instance, like a post that we did that was highly effective, um, where I was tracking who clicked on it, whatever, um, to promote this show that has a lot of queer talent. That's the ir irony of the name, The Straight Man. Um, one of the things we posted was just people standing in a long line to get into our last show. You know, like you don't necessarily have to always give away all the goods, although I recommend being very generous in, in everything, Brian. Like whether that's, um, uh, my workshops or like when I work for people as a freelancer, I always go way over my hours. Like you'll always end up um, building momentum by being generous. And you can do that through even just uh, promotion. Like try to be really generous. You don't have to give everything away, but give two really great jokes. If you're going to share, if you're going to say that you're good at jokes and you're going to say you do a certain kinds of joke, like put the perfect examples of those up and make it short. Right. Yeah. Um, people are scrolling like their life depend on it. They're scrolling past you. Um, but like that line, even suggesting other people, there's something, um, there's six, I won't get into this, don't worry. Um, but there are six um, types of influence. There's a whole book that's like a uh, marketer's Bible. Um, there's like the six principles of influence. And one of them is um, uh, consensus. Like if people think that if they visit your page, and, and this is true about following numbers as well, like say you have, uh, I lo I'm looking at two, I look at two comics profiles in, I don't know, an hour period. One of them has 50,000 followers and a lot of engagement on all their posts. Um, mm. And then the other one has 200 followers. E even if they're both working at a, a equivalent level in terms of talent and background, um, my net, like psychologically speaking, I'm going to veer towards the consensus. So uh -huh. um, there's lots of lo like, so like if I show a line of people waiting to get in our last show, then you know, oh, people are actually interested in this. You know, I'm so gonna... you're showing you're showing consensus. Yeah, and I, I love that too, because I think that every one of my listeners, you know, former guests and listeners are probably you know comedy fans or want to be comedians. It's like yeah. they want to know that there's a psychological basis for this practical advice they are getting from you. Oh, and, sure. Um, of course, they're going to track all that Jamie Benson on Twitter, but also Jamie J Benson on Instagram. And can they find out when you know how to get in contact with you for these workshops at jamiebenson.com? Yeah, if you go to jamiebenson.com, I basically have like, there are different aisles of the, the sort of grocery store there where like I have a marketing aisle that's like a drop down where it tells you about all my, like what I do as a marketer. Uh, and I also have another one for um, comedic performances and you can sign up. The, the comedy email sign up stuff, um, it's like collaborative. I'm looking for people like writer's room style. I also love to read and be helpful. I've written every kind of thing you can imagine, stand up, sketch, um, obviously dance, uh, television, um, all the things. I even like video essays, like I love video essays and making those. So like if you wanna be in a more collaborative way with me um, in terms of writing and performance with comedy, 
uh, or hiring me as a comedian, you can join me there. Uh, and then all the marketing stuff, there's basically different navigation that will lead you to where to sign up. And the reason why they're going to want to is because you've been so generous here today. So Jamie Benson, thank you so much. Hey, it's my pleasure. It was really fun, really fun uh, chewing the comedy fat, the funny fat with you. <laughs> and on that on that gay scale, I, I'm not a one. Let me tell you, I'm not a All Bruce right. Willis. Not very a Bruce Willis. Are, very few people are. <laughs> Dude, Jamie Benson, thank you. All right, yeah, have a great one.